Good morning, everybody. Whoops, okay, shut my computer in the middle of recording. Why did I do that? Who knows? Here we are, I suppose. Okay, good morning, or not, depending on, you know, your whole situation. But it's morning here. It's 7.23 a.m., and I sound like it. thought we'd have a little cozy morning ask me anything session so on Instagram yesterday I asked all of you to ask me anything about anything about life or about you know anything so and you guys responded it was so wonderful to read these are amazing and funny and delightful and genuine lovely questions so thank you so much for that i'm really excited to dive into them there are way too many for me to answer so i'm just going through i'm going to do a bunch of these i guess there's a lot of questions let me know if you enjoy this and if you do then i'll do more of them I think they're really fun. I think it's fun to just kind of launch off of these different topics and see what comes of them. But yeah, let's jump right in. I'm uh, very sorry if I don't get to your question. Maybe I will in the future, hopefully. There's just so many here, which is wonderful. But yeah, apologies if I don't see your question. Hopefully I'll get to it next time. Okay, let's see. I have my... I'm just adjusting in my seat. I have my latte here. Can you hear the bubbling? Can you hear that? Anyway, okay, here we go. I think I'm not gonna say who asked the questions in case they wanted to remain anonymous, so, but you'll know who you are. Okay, this person asked, what's a song with emotional value to you? I love this question. I have a lot of emotions and memories tied up in music. I think a lot of you probably know already, I use a lot of music in my work, so. But in in terms of personal value, wouldn't it be nice? by the Beach Boys, and Seven Years by Nora Jones. The latter of which is because my mom would play that song, and I don't know, it was always sort of the song that I associated, that my, that my mom associated with me, if that makes sense. So when I hear it, it makes me really emotional, thinking about her, thinking about me growing up. Also, Slipping Through Your Fingers by ABBA is... Uh, or slipping through my fingers. Must be my. Slipping through my fingers all the time. <laughs> but yeah, that song makes me cry every time I hear it. Also, because of my mom. We used to watch. I'm an ABBA fan, okay? I'm not a Mamma Mia soundtrack fan. However, don't get me wrong. I love Mamma Mia so much. Partly because of the ABBA, but I just... I love ABBA outside of Mamma Mia is the point I'm trying to make. But... I did watch Mamma Mia three times in one weekend with my mom one time when I was in high school. And we cry every time we hear slipping through my fingers. Oh, I just can't stand it. I'm really going to cry right now. Oh, I'm so dead serious. Oh, my God. Crying in the club at 7.30 in the morning. Okay. 
top song on your Spotify wrapped 2023. Okay, so I'm not, uh, let me check this for sure, but I have a funny story here. Also, this isn't all going to be about music. I don't know why the first two questions I picked are about music. Okay, so the funny thing about my Spotify wrapped (laughs) is that I DJ for my D&D group. So D&D's Dungeons and Dragons, if you don't know. And I don't DM, so I don't dungeon master for our group, but I do. I am in control of the music while we play. So I play hours and hours of video game music usually. I guess that's the category technically Spotify puts it in. So my Spotify wrapped is like all of these. old men who have composed this video game music that I play for my D&D sessions. Oh, it's so funny. I was so excited to look at my rapt and it's like, you're in the top 1% of video game music listeners. <laughs> Okay. Oh my God. Okay. I'm really glad I got to share that with someone. I know I never, I mean, besides the usual. Okay. Let's see your 2023 rap. Oh, 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 oh. This is all, this is all copyright music. Oh my God. Stop. Okay. Well, yeah. Me and Taylor Swift, we were close. <laughs> Jesper Kid. He's my video game music guy. He's number two. Number three is the Assassin's Creed soundtrack. Number four, this guy, Derek Feicher, he does fantasy background music. Number five, Olivia Rodrigo. I'm sure the algorithm is confused by me. Like, what do you like? Well, what's my top song? Oh, okay. My top song is the song, which is a beautiful song, and I'm happy to recommend it to you. It's Joanna Reprise by Ellery Ward, E-L-E-R-I-W-A-R-D, Ward. This is a cover of a song, the song Joanna from Sweeney Todd, the musical, which is a beautiful song, and this cover of it is so soothing to my ears. And it it's my top song, and I listened to it only in January. I listened to it while I was filming The Good Lawyer Backdoor Pilot. And we had really long commutes between the hotel and where we were shooting most of the time. And we worked really long days on that shoot. So I was trying to sleep in the car as much as I, I was able. And this song just lulled me to sleep. <laughs> So I list, I would just have it on repeat and listen to it for an hour and a half both ways and just try and sleep. It's very calming. It's a beautiful song in general, and this is a beautiful rendition of it. Okay. Honest. <laughs> this is my friend um, and uh, someone who worked on Nancy Drew and someone who I think I have discussed this topic with before, <laughs> and I'm glad she's checking in on it. On a scale of 1 to 10... How badly is your baby fever right now? Well, (laughs) I'm glad you asked. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't know 
if ultimately Sam and I will come to the decision to have kids. It's up in the air. This is a crazy world. And, you know, I think anybody in a position right now who's deciding whether or not to have kids is thinking about a lot of the same stuff. And it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to consider bringing a child into this world. Okay, whoa, not to get too deep on this silly, whoa, choking. Not to get too deep on this silly ask me anything. Anyway, okay, back to the fun part. I, I'm not as high, I don't have as high a baby fever as I have had in the past in this moment right now, though it vacillates. And it has just increased steadily over time. I, I was not somebody who ever grew up. I grew up dreaming of getting married. I always like really wanted to find a lifelong partner and like that was something as a young, as a young person, I, you know, as a, or, or a, one might call a, a, a child. When I was a, a child, I, um, you know, dreamed of love and that sort of thing, but never really dreamed of children. I just wasn't sure. I, I don't know. It just didn't really occur to me. I had such big, big career dreams and that was, that was what I cared about. So I never grew up be- thinking, oh, I can't wait to be a mom. So I think when, you know, when Sam and I met, or well, after we <laughs> dated for the appropriate amount of time where we were talking about children, um, and whether or not we wanted to have them, we both were kind of like, eh, I don't think so. Because also, I'll be totally honest, you know, we never expected, you know, we met in, in drama school. And and by the way, I'm going to do a whole, I, I there's a lot of questions in here that I loved. I was so happy to see them because it means that you have some interest in this topic I was already going to talk about. I am going to do a whole topic about getting married young and that, what that experience has been like for us and a little more about that kind of aspect of my life but anyway so we met at drama school we both anticipated being struggling actors living you know paycheck to paycheck in New York forever so when we knew that we were going to get married we were like well we're both in the in this very tumultuous career and, you know, we're probably not going to have the financial situation that we personally, the two of us, felt like we would have wanted in order to feel really good for us about welcoming a child into the picture. We just wanted to be at a level of security, I think, before, because it wasn't really a dream either of us already had. We weren't sure that, you know, if, if we were to explore that path because neither of us really dreamed of it anyway that it would be under circumstances that would make it an easier decision to make um so we we just never we kind of had landed on okay well we're probably not going to do the kids thing because we have these crazy careers and we probably won't be stable in the way that we would like to even stable in in a home that's consistent and but yeah so we didn't haven't lived the lives that we intended intended not I mean we didn't we didn't we weren't exactly looking forward to being struggling artists forever we didn't um we didn't live the life that we anticipated up until this point so far 
we have not and are incredibly fortunate to be in a situation now where we have a lot more stability than we anticipated having. And it's definitely opened up some doors of conversation, but but we still don't know where we're going to land. That being said, <laughs> I can have wild baby fever. I don't know that if anybody, and, and maybe some people just don't feel this, and that's really cool, but I do feel, and I'm, this is, I'm speaking with no information, actual scientific evidence here. So don't, don't, you know, we're not, this is just for fun. Okay. I feel my ovaries scream out to me when I see a baby. It's like, like a monster. It's like, give me that. I want one. Blah. Like this biological flush. You know, like they, you know, people talk about the the ticking clock, you know, you're like, fertility clock that has a name what is it uh biological clock Duh. you can feel that sucker ticking and uh <laughs> sometimes i get overwhelmed when my real self like really comes out you're getting my real self i'm not sitting in a tiny dark booth and i feel like i can tell you anything but sometimes my real real self comes out and it makes me laugh okay anyway but yeah my baby fever at this time I would say is probably a six on a scale of one to ten. Though at the at times it has been a ten, at times it has been two as well. How did you feel after finishing college? Bad, mostly. <laughs> I mean, good. I was really proud, and I was very happy to be done, and I was really excited. So I went to a drama school in Pittsburgh called Carnegie Mellon. And it's a great drama school, and it's very intense. It's very serious for good reason. And and then right after Sam and I moved to New York, along with most of my classmates, moved to New York or Los Angeles, but mostly New York. And we launched into the world, and I quickly realized how much of my identity was tied to being a student. I've always been someone who is a very dedicated student and finds a lot of fulfillment in that. And ha- it has been, it had been up until that point, the drive and the purpose of my life was to learn. And I think this is the way for a lot of people who go to college right after high school. And you've spent your entire life pretty much that you remember in school. And I really felt the jolt of holy shit I'm not a student anymore so (laughs) who am I so I felt really lost it was a dark time I got I I I have a lot of experience with anxiety I'm open about how you know I was diagnosed with OCD as a child and um depression though I haven't had much crossover with some small minor bouts of it before and and that time, probably post-graduation, moving to New York and just feeling really lost and overwhelmed. I mean, I was chasing a dream that I that felt so impossible. You know, I was, I was pursuing acting and going on auditions and, and um, working a lot and just navigating, you know, uh, post 
college relationship, even though Sam and I had lived together for a a couple of years already at that point, because we lived together through college, most of college. He is two years older than me. So like that part wasn't new, but it was, it was new in, in that it was serious. We weren't, neither of us was in college anymore and we were making our own money and Sam had been doing that already. But for me, that was new. And yeah, I felt it was a dark time. That was, I was going to say that was, that was my, my kind of most intense brush with, with depression. Um, it was just such a massive life change. And I don't know that people talk about that enough. There's such a slump. Maybe they do, but there's a, there was, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I felt. I remember my mom, um, flew out. I'm starting to cry. <laughs> um, yeah, my mom flew out to be with me for a couple days. Wow. I did not expect this to cry. I did not expect to, to get a moosh. Gosh, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a hard time, you know? And I think it just took time. I think it just took time to get my footing. And then once I did, it was so wonderful. I loved the rest of that year, you know, after the first maybe four four or five months or so. The rest of that year, which was the only time that Sam and I lived in New York, um, was for the rest of that year before we went to Vancouver to to start filming Nancy Drew. Um, But yeah, anyway, that was the best... The rest of that year was just amazing and the best. And once I got my feet under me, you know, it was it was really incredible. So if you're in that position right now and you aren't feeling, you know, free and happy and thrilled to be done, like obviously everyone's excited to be done with college and to graduate. It's a, a great feeling or to be done with college a different sort of way. But it's a great feeling to launch into the world. But at the same time, yeah, it's so scary and really hard. So, yeah, if you're in that position, it gets better and you'll you'll find your way. And I hope that you have someone who can take care of you. And if not, just know I'm thinking of you and I love you and you can do this. I know you can. Okay. Next question. No more crying. <laughs> Uh, if you weren't an actress, what career would you have chosen to follow? I would probably be a psychologist or a chemist, actually. My chemistry teacher in high school, I, I loved science. I was always very, that was a strong suit for me. And I really enjoyed it. I found it super interesting. I still do. I, I'm still really interested specifically in sort of nutritional science and, and that sort of stuff is still something that I read about all the time and I'm very interested in and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I loved science and my chemistry teacher in high school actually had me stay after class one time <laughs> and she knew that I wanted to be an actor and she was trying to convince me to not do that and to instead become a chemist. <laughs> um, and I really appreciated that. That was like, I, even though 
I didn't listen to her. <laughs> and I was, I remember the moment being like, oh, well, thank you. But no, I'm going to be an actor. And here we are. I am, in fact, an actor. Um, but I really appreciated her doing that because, you know, yeah, it was just really cool that she she believed in me in, in that respect. And, and yeah, so I always kind of thought maybe I would go down that path because I did really enjoy it and had some affinity for it. And then in college, and then this goes hand in hand kind of with being an actor, I studied psychology in college on kind of my, my free... I went to, like I, like I said, I went to a drama school that was very intense and rigorous. It was a conservatory-style program, so that was pretty much all we did. But we had to do a couple of classes outside of the School of Drama. And I took, well, besides the fact that I took dodgeball and field hockey as an elective, uh, <laughs> uh, I also took psychology courses, abnormal psychology, which is sort of everything in the world of mental health and mental illness and that sort of thing, which obviously for anybody that has any idea of my journey and my feelings about mental health would obviously be of interest to me. You would know would obviously that that sort of class would obviously be of interest to me. And then personality psychology as well. Um, and those things are, I think, very adjacent to what I resonate with, at least about being an actor, which is the human psychological experience, really. So, yeah, I would perhaps go into psychology Um I always kind of thought like maybe it'd be a counselor or something when I was growing up and I thought that being when I was younger and I just thought that being an actor wasn't really something that I could actually go and and do in the way that I am doing it now I, I you know so yeah I always kind of thought about being a counselor or a therapist or something like that I really like people and talking about their brains so that would be maybe what I would do have you ever been to Germany no I have not, but I would really like to go. The, my roots are there. My great-grandparents came from Germany and the Netherlands. So, yeah, I would like to go there due to my ancestry. How do you balance so much work with being married? Great question. It is not easy. <laughs> it is uh, is difficult. When I'm working... Or when I have in the past, because now I'm, I'm a free woman. I don't know what's next for me. So, but right in in the past, <laughs> you know, Sam and I. So we were engaged when I got the Nancy Drew job, and we started filming that show in July of 2019, and we got married September of 2020. And so, yeah, we were engaged or married for my entire time on Nancy Drew, where I was working, God, 80 hours, 90 hours a week. It was a lot, especially in season one. We would fly out a lot on weekends and go do press and stuff, which was a lot. And I worked every day, especially in the early seasons and got a little more time off in, in the the later especially in season four a little bit more but yeah it's really hard and also so Sam came with me to shoot season one and then we stopped so he came with me to Vancouver Canada which is where we shot the show 
We were living in New York, and we brought our cats. <laughs> we didn't have Otis at the time, my dog. But we brought our cats and moved, relocated to Vancouver, and got shut down there from the pandemic and stayed, decided to stay in Canada. You know, our cats were moved up there. We were moved up there, and we were subletting our tiny little New York apartment. So we stayed. Um, I don't, I'm getting so off topic, but he stayed with me in Canada through seasons one through three, or almost all of season three, and then went down to move into our house. And we did season four totally long distance, except for he joined me at the end for the last month-ish. But yeah, the rest of season four, we we would just travel back and forth to see each other uh, when we could. So yeah, it's really hard. Um, I would see him only on weekends, you know, when, when we were filming and we were together, I would only ever really see him on weekends because I would leave before he'd wake up and usually when I got home he would be asleep um, or or sometimes he would be awake depending on how, you know, when we started the day, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I, I, it was basically a situation where I didn't have any social life outside of him and outside of work because when I wasn't working, I needed to... And felt good about, you know, not just felt obligated, but I really wanted to, needed to spend all of my time with him on weekends. Because especially he was in Vancouver by himself. But yeah, so I'd spend all my weekend times with him. And then when we're distance or even even during shooting, you know, I would make a point to call him. Um, especially when we were long distance, we would talk every day at some point during the workday. And on my drive home, we would talk often. And yeah. So it was pretty much I, he was my only priority and I had to make the choice for him to be my only priority when I wasn't working. And even sometimes when I was, because it's just, I mean, leading a TV show is, I would imagine, one of the most time life consuming jobs ever. And it's awesome, but it comes with a lot, uh, comes with a lot on the side that you have to navigate. It's hard. And, and you know, I think the biggest takeaway that we learned and the kind of advice that I give other people in, in this situation, you know, other actors that I meet that are kind of figuring out how to, how to navigate their relationships alongside their work is that nothing is permanent. You just got to try things. For example, we tried having, you know, we, we, Sam came to Vancouver with me and stayed with me and we tried that out. And while it worked, he stayed. And when it stopped working, you know, because of, you know, we wanted to settle into a life outside of my job. And, you know, he wanted to be in a place where he had community, totally understandable. Um, then it was worth, it was more worth it to put like more chips in that basket, if that makes sense. Like, than it was for us to be together, you know, for example, when he, you know, when we spent season four apart. I think the biggest thing was just that we... We're always willing to reevaluate the situation and figure out what it was that we needed and when to prioritize different things, you know, when to prioritize being together and when to prioritize our individual lives and what worked best for us then. And, and yeah, just that that always changes, that you just kind of, that nothing is permanent. You know, you don't need to make a decision and stick to it. You can just try something out and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you can figure out another solution. And just I think that kind of mindset was really helpful 
for us and is sort of, yeah, what I what I recommend if you're in a similar position. So yeah, it's hard. And mostly I think I think we're just fortunate in that we're both people who are really comfortable independently and get a lot of fulfillment from life independently, even though we prefer to be together. <laughs> this this next question feels like an assault. It's all in caps. Do you like toe socks? I've never put on a pair of toe socks. And I never will. Not interested. Ugh. 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 It just feels invasive to me. No no judgment. Look, they're funky, fun, and cool. I kind of like them in concept, but the thought about putting them on. Yeah, I don't like that. Do you know Costa Rica? Would you like to visit us? I do know Costa Rica. And I have been, actually. But mostly just in the jungle. But I'd love to go again. What advice would you give your 17-year-old self? I would tell her that the only person she needs to prove anything to is herself. And that her opinion of herself is enough. Would you rather be in a horror movie or a romantic comedy? A romantic comedy for sure. I would love to do a romantic comedy. Horror movies I'm totally open to, but I don't watch them, really. As a viewer, I don't like them. I get scared. Do you feel the need to create as much content as possible between gigs? How do you tackle it, if so? That's a good question. Um, no. No, I guess, is my answer. I, I don't know. I don't know. The connection for me between being an actor and creating online social media content, I say as I'm <laughs> recording my podcast, uh, it, it bothers me, This the relationship between, like the kind of expectation. You know, this job, this profession has changed so much with the overtake of social media. And I kind of didn't want that part. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So in terms of creating content between gigs, there there's this pressure, I guess, to illustrate to those of you who aren't aren't actors or whatever. There's this pressure that I think everybody feels to have some sort of like social media presence and because it has, I think, for a lot of projects at least, not definitely not all of them, um, but it, it holds some weight, your social media presence and your follower count and your audience, which makes sense in that you know it it is a measure of how much you could bring you know what kind of audience you could bring to the table uh to a project you might be a part of so i get it but it's like a totally different thing than acting (laughs) it's like not the same thing i i i think I don't know. There's been so many times, this is kind of unfolding into an answer to a different question, but but I, I, I kind of resist this feeling that I need to like prove that I'm relevant by creating content 
for people just to gain followers and stuff, which is there's nothing wrong with that at all. And like, yeah, I mean, it's it's great. And I don't also don't want to ignore the fact that that can be really validating and feel good and be fun and, you know, also have value. And I think actors do feel the need to create more as much value for themselves as possible. But I'm just out of alignment with the why, like not the why I'm out of alignment with the the why do I have to do this? Does that make sense? I do. I, I get. I get why. I just don't. They're not the same skill, and they're not the same pursuit, objectively. But they've been looped together in a way that's sort of impossible to escape at this point. And like, obviously, I like creating content in the fact that I'm sitting here and creating this podcast. But in some ways, that that the reason that I did this, the reason I'm doing this right now, is that. Well, there's it's multifaceted, but one of the reasons is that I I just enjoy working on something that I'm in total control of. You know, as actors, we're super out of control of our lives. You know, it's sort of you're putting yourself out there for projects and hoping that people respond to you. And and then, you know, you can you get into a position of control at a certain point in the process. And but for the most part, you know. This is also an industry that in the last couple of years has been particularly rocky and slippery. And and that's been my only experience in this industry after the first season of my first, you know, job, really big job got shut down by the pandemic. And then, you know, we just spent most of this year off because of the Hollywood strikes and you're just really out of the driver's seat. So the reason that's part of the reason why I'm doing this is because it's a I enjoy working on something that I'm in total control of and is creative and etc. And then also I really like to connect with you guys and in my initial sort of welcome to sidebar. I, I mean all of that too, that I want to nurture this community and and um yeah, continue to contribute to this group of people who I think are awesome, who are all of you. That being said, that's the reason why I'm doing this and not a reason, not not sort of a, oh, I want to keep myself relevant between jobs, though that pressure is so real. I just hate that that exists because it's so divorced from what I at least came to do, which was act. You know, I'm a classically trained actor that I, I'm not in, you know... That, that's I, I like the work. I like the craft, as they say, which is kind of a cringy um, thing to say. But but yeah, that's why I do it. And, and it's just, yeah, the, the pressure with social media is really difficult pill for me to swallow and still not one I'm comfortable with at all. So in terms of if I yeah feel that pressure, definitely yes. Do I resist it? Yes, I do. Sometimes not, you know, sometimes, sometimes not, but... I manage it by reminding myself that this is my life and how I spend my time is going to be doing the stuff that I feel like is valuable and that I have something to contribute towards and that means something to me. I I try to just remind myself that this is my life and I'm out of control in so many parts of my life as it is and in terms of what I do between jobs. That's hopefully in pursuit of my truest self's desires as opposed to what I feel pressured to do. Not that I have, not that it would be a bad thing to do what you feel pressured to do in this scenario, because it has value, I suppose. Yeah, it's a really tough one. It's a tough one. I, I, I really, yeah, I have a, a bit of a distaste for 
that connection for my own self, like the pressure that I feel for that. I think some people love it and that's awesome. But yeah, if that makes sense. What's the most rewarding thing about being a public figure? Well, I kind of barely consider myself one, but I suppose that is the objective truth. (laughs) Uh, The most rewarding thing is... And I wouldn't even attribute this to myself necessarily, but being a part of a project that does this, which is bringing people together over a shared interest and watching those friendships um, and that community really grow and be meaningful outside of what it started as. You know, I think a lot of you that I can interact with here online, you know, who have been fans of of the shows I've been on, it's... uh, It's really special to watch those relationships start as one that's rooted in the show or the fandom of the show and then turn into real life friendships and relationships. So that that's that's the most rewarding thing. Or when somebody tells me that the projects I've been in have really helped them through something or that my portrayal of a certain experience really resonated with them. Those are super meaningful things. Also, in regards to Nancy Drew, when people say that I am close to how they pictured Nancy from the books or that I did justice to that character, and I'm sure not everybody feels this way, but for the people who do and have shared it with me, it means so much. So that's really meaningful. What's your greatest fear? I love you so much. (laughs) I love you too. Uh, What's my greatest fear? Well, gosh, I used to have a fear of heights that I've kind of gotten over. I definitely have big fears about deep, dark ocean. No, thank you. That's super unpleasant to me. That sounds terrible. I would also think I have a lot of fears of failing, you know, of like making, doing something I really regret or, you know, which is funny because like I, I also trust myself, but it's one of those things where I just would be like, God, that would be so horrible if I did something horrible. <laughs> um, not that I have any plans or intentions to do anything horrible, but I do, you know, I think that would probably be my biggest fear. Yeah, doing something horrible that hurts people that I really love. God, <laughs> you guys are getting some honesty out of me today. Not that I'm ever not honest, but this is a deep, a deep honesty. Okay. How is life after Nancy? I know she meant a lot to you besides just being a job. Love you. Love you. Um, yeah, yeah. That that plucky detective, she did mean a lot to me. Still does, obviously. But it's good. Life is really good. I couldn't have dreamed of that being a better experience. And I remember when, when the job was just a twinkle in my eye, you know, when or when I knew that they were interested in seeing me again for it. I remember thinking, oh my God, if this could go, like imagine, well, imagine if I get the job at all. And then imagine if the pilot actually become they pick up the pilot to go to series. And then imagine if it goes for like three seasons. That was such a dream come true. And it was a such a, I remember the conversation I had with Sam about this when it was all, you know, just, just beginning. And what if, what if it really becomes something and, you know, goes for a little while so the fact that we got to go for four seasons that we had the most wonderful cast and such an incredible crew and I'm so grateful for that experience and 
and yes, meant it was so much more meaningful to me than just a job. It was my life. It was my early 20s. You know, I, I grew up into a woman on that show and, you know, into an, an adult and into a professional. And I just grew so much. And that was such a, it's a big, I, we started, me and Madison and Leah are all about the same age. And we, who, if you don't know, were my, um, were some of my co-stars on that show. And yeah, so we, we started the show each around the age of 22 and finished at 26, which is a, that's a, that's a very important chunk of growth. That's a significant change. And uh, you, you grow a lot, at least I certainly did between those ages. So yeah, it was so meaningful. And the character obviously is really meaningful to me. You know, she's meaningful to so many and, and was personally meaningful to me and then meaningful to me in, 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 in how meaningful she was to a lot of other people and how many times can I say meaningful. I, at the same time, am eager to try new things and do new things and play new characters. So it's really good. It's really good. I think I think we would have been so lucky to do that show for longer, but also I think we were so fortunate that we got uh, as much time as we did and it felt good. It felt like a good conclusion, you know. I think for us on 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 our side of things, it felt like, you know, we were seeing things through in the way that we wanted to and and it felt like a good totally fair run and a and a good time to say goodbye if it was going to end then. But life's really good. I'm I'm really excited and excited to, yeah, try new things. But I miss it so much, too, at the same time. Okay. Can I have your phone number, please? No. <laughs> but I appreciate you asking. What is your favorite drink that you like, cold or hot? Ooh, coffee, of course. Love coffee. Love iced coffee love a hot latte. I don't like hot black coffee very much, though I drink iced coffee black, but I don't really like hot coffee black. I like a latte, preferably with regular milk. And I'm not, I don't have any other big drinks that I drink a lot. I like a Coke Zero. I like a kombucha. And I drink a lot of water. Not hot, though. Only cold. Okay, this is enough. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've hit the wall. <laughs> I think that's all that I'm going to answer for today. But there are so many good questions here that I'm going to have to do this again. <laughs> and yeah, let me know if you guys like this in the little response below when you when it asks you if you're listening on Spotify. What did you think about this episode? Uh, let me know what you thought about this episode and if you want to hear more because I have so many more questions I could answer if you want to hear them. We're going to call that the end for today. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and listening. Thank you for all these wonderful questions. And again, sorry if I didn't get to yours, but hopefully I will next time. And yeah, rate this podcast five stars if you haven't already. Thank you so much. So many of you have. I'm so appreciative of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would love to keep that number going up because it really helps people find the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do leave a review. Oh my gosh, I can read one of the reviews. I keep saying I'm going to do that. Okay, here we go. I'm going to read a review. And if you want your review read on the podcast, then you need to leave one. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's read the very first one. Okay, this is my very first review. Five stars. Highly recommend. 
Loved getting to see the side of Kennedy. Can't wait for more episodes. Yay, thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so, so glad. I'm so appreciative of all of the feedback that you guys have shared with me on Twitter and on Instagram and etc. I really appreciate it. As you know, seeing you guys talk about the show really means a lot to me and it spreads the word to other people who might be interested and have fun listening and hanging out. So thank you a million times over. You guys are the best and make this so much fun. So thank you. Yeah, rate, review, share a link with a friend. Turn turn on your automatic downloads. Turn on your notification bell. <laughs> you know, while I have you here <laughs> and can hold you hostage and tell you <laughs> what I want you to do. Um, okay, things are getting weird. I've, I've gotten too personal. Okay, time to go. I love you. Bye.